how to express your opinion in the face of fear, how to decide whether or not negative feedback is worth listening to or not, how to be better at both giving and receiving compliments, why you don't have to pick a side in heated debates, the importance of digging deep into controversial topics, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 425 with content creator and social media influencer, Amir Odom. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals get closer to the best version of themselves because when an individual works to get closer to the best version of themselves, not only are they better off, but their friends, family, community, and ultimately the world are better off because of it. One way that we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people build the healthy habits that transform their self-confidence, transform their body, and transform their life. If you're interested in building self-confidence and healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Again, nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. Today, I am really excited to, to introduce you to Amir Odin. Amir has worked in digital marketing and business development for over six years within the real estate industry. Utilizing his skill set, though, Amir went on to build an online following of over 150,000 followers within six months, resulting in a powerful network, over 200 million video views, a TV commercial, mini documentary, and more. With a passion for self-development, new perspectives, and essentialism, Amir finds his prerogative to help individuals reach their utmost potential. But before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend while you're listening. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Amir Odom. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I am really excited to finally be joined by the one and only Amir Odom. Amir, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for joining me here today, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it a ton. Yeah, dude. Of course. It's been something that I've wanted to make happen for a while, and I'm glad that we were able to sit down today and and join. And basically, the way that I want to get started today, Amir, is reorienting a little bit of my audience who's not familiar with you a little bit of your story so as you say you're a well not as you say as you are but this is the least fascinating thing about you right that you're a gay black man um i want you to give everybody a little bit of backstory from kind of the challenge of being and knowing you were gay at a young age and what that looked like for you when you first came out and how you kind of maybe put on this identity that wasn't necessarily something that aligned with you. So go a little bit through that backstory for all of us. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, clearly I'm black, so I had to deal with that. And then also in middle school, I came to realization that I was gay and I felt this overwhelming pressure to be something that I wasn't because of society, because of, you know, the cliques in school, I felt the need to because I was Black, I had to like rap music. I had to play basketball. I had to do the stereotypical things that majority of the Black kids were doing in school, mm-hmm. even though I'd much rather be on MySpace or at the skate park or listening to rock music. That's what I'd rather do. So I had that internal battle, and that alone was hard enough. And then you'd add in 
the whole being gay thing, that was extremely stressful because I felt like, dang, here's another X on my life, but I have to be. Like, not only do I have to be quote unquote black, I have to be quote unquote gay. And so specifically referring about my sexuality, that side of my story, you know, I suppressed it all throughout middle school. Then I went to high school, I went to a new school. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself, quote unquote myself, and I'll be openly gay. And that's when I flew out the closet. There was no coming out. There was just full on rainbows. Like, So you went from you went from just like basically hiding it and suppressing it to like, I'm going to go, I'm going to completely change the way I, the way I dress, the things that I say, the way that I talk, like basically just a complete 180. Oh yeah. Like I became the complete gay stereotype because that's what I thought I had to be. I -hmm. thought that because I was gay, I had to be gay. Like the literal, like stereotypical gay guy that you see on TV. And um, that was hard enough on itself i mean the whole process was a pain i was outed on accident by my best friend bless her soul on facebook she just put amelia my gay best friend on my facebook wall and it was over from there family didn't take it well uh Mm. got sent to basically conversion camp that's what i say nowadays uh it was two weeks with the pastor two weeks with the counselor and then a week-long um manly camp with my grandpa came back still gay obviously and so uh not converted not converted i did have a conversation with my mom and she was like you know what at the end of the day you're a mirror you're not gay like being gay is a part of you but it's not you and ever since then i've uh i've scaled it back as in this facade of oh i have to since i'm gay i have to be gay it really motivated me to just be myself and so fast forward to now um, I do speak out a lot re- regarding gay issues and, you know, the modern LGBTQ stuff that's going on in 2022, because when you're young, you're very impressionable. And I don't, I know, like, to each their own, like, there are feminine men out there, there are feminine gays out there, but I don't want another young gay kid to think that they have to be what they see on tv they have to like the drag queens they have to like rainbows they have to go like i, I want them to know that it's possible to be yourself and and also be gay like there's no coming out parties for straight people there's no straight identity it, it's just being straight like what you do behind closed doors is what you do yeah and i'm trying to share that with other gay people that you can just be yourself yeah i think that's you know it's a very applicable topic to anybody what whether you're a different sexuality a different race or anything like that like be yourself and one of the things that I do a lot is talk with goal talk goals with people and I know that oftentimes people often adopt the goal of somebody else mm-hmm. when then they start en route to that goal and they lose motivation towards that goal because it's not actually something that aligned with them and, and something that they actually valued and so kind of taking that and using that as kind of an analogy for, for you, what you did, you almost like took on a goal to a certain extent or an identity of, of what somebody else was doing because you thought that was appropriate and then that didn't really align with you. How can how do people make sure that they don't take on goals of somebody else or take on identity of somebody else 
just because they see somebody else do it? How can they actually stay true to themselves and their own goals and their own values? It's so hard. I mean, truly following these, those goals almost ended my life. Like I was so depressed trying to, trying to reach and obtain this identity that just wasn't me. Um, I tried to obtain the identity of being the stereotypical black guy and then a stereotypical gay guy and then merging those two together almost killed myself because it was so stressful. It's so hard to obtain all that. So my real breaking point was this focus. It sounds so cliche, but just focusing on my happiness mm. and saying, you know, what do I actually care about? What do I actually want to do with my life? And taking out society's expectations, taking out what my parents expect of me, taking out what my friends say, taking out everything. At the end of the day, if I died right now, and I was to look over my casket, what would I say I wish I've done? Mm. What is it that I wish I would have done and did? And adding to that, if I was to erase the concept of money, what would I love doing? Mm. And with that being said, now why am I not doing that or going after that? And make that your new goal. And in regards to, you know, these identities and you portraying to be something you're not, just, again, easier said than done. Just focus on what, again, makes you happy. Like if this music that you're listening to, like for example, rap music, I despise rap music. I went my whole life trying to convince myself that I liked it, but I don't. Just understand that you'd be way happier doing the things that you want to do rather than doing the things that people are expecting you to do. Mm. Have you always been somebody who has been courageous enough to speak your truth and like speak your opinions to everybody else because that's one of the things that you do now maybe more than ever right is like you give your opinions and your thoughts on very specific things that are going on in the world or just life dif life things have you always been that person who has been willing to share what their true thoughts and opinions were and if so or even if not like where do you feel like that courage comes from for you it's a mix I mean, if you ask my mom, she, she'd always call me like little Gandhi. Like I'd always be talking and like saying things and, and, and being vocal. But at the same time, I guess I was also very selective in what I spoke about because I didn't want the backlash, especially in middle school. But in high school, I mean, when I moved to a new school, I completely let go. And I mean, I've just been vocal about what's ever on my mind because I mean, let alone 80, 100 years ago, my grandparents couldn't say what's on their mind. Yeah. So I'm afforded the right now in 2022 with all the progress that we made in this country to speak my mind and to use my words. So I've, I've always, you know, especially since high school, I've done that. Um, because, you know, I asked I asked the question because I think it's something that to a certain degree, a lot of people deal with. It's like people are afraid to speak their mind if they're in a team meeting at work or they're afraid to speak their mind when they're with a group of friends because they're fearful that somebody's not going to be accepting of their thoughts and opinions and views. And so what do you say to that to somebody who maybe really does feel strongly enough or like has that urge to speak their mind, whether they're in a, a group of people at work, a group of people of friends or, or family, they want to speak their mind, but they don't feel either the courage or the confidence to be able to do it because of the fear of maybe them not accepting their thoughts and views. I guess two things. One, 
in the midst of fear, facts are your friends. So if you're fearful about something, pay attention to the facts at hand and move on with that. So when you have the facts and when you're speaking, I advise you should only be speaking if you have something factual to say um, or if you really feel provoked and that it's a, a true statement to say that and own it. Like if you're coming from a place of love, if you're coming from a place of compassion and fact and truth and reason, then you have no reason to fear. And I mean, I know on my social media, I speak out against a lot of t different topics um, and I do get the hate. I do get the death threats but it goes right over my head because at the end of the day, I'm going to bed with a smile on my face. I'm going to bed knowing I didn't lie or deceive anyone, that I'm not trying to push some some motive. It's just the truth. So you feel like the thing that makes you block out the negative feedback to a large degree is the fact that you spoke everything that you believed was true in fact, and you did it with the best of intent. Correct. I, think that's a I feel like that's a pretty good... Like formula, like make sure when you have words coming out of your mouth that it's as true as you can possibly believe you can make it and you do it with the best of intent. Therefore, when people provide negative feedback, it's like I did everything I could do. I did everything I could do and you just learn. Like I, I've been dealing with this concept of failure for the past like six months now, because I, it's hard to recognize failure when I look at it all as a lesson. Mm. Like every, I'm I'm right there with you. I've never like I've never I, really known when people are talking about when they say that because I'm right there with you because I've never like if, if somebody had asked me right now when's the last time you failed because people all all, all always say you should fail fast and fail often and, and fail big because that's what's going to be your biggest learning thing. But I never really conceptualize it as failure because I'm like you, I, I kind of see it as learning as I go. Right. I don't even, I barely recognize failure because I'm always taking a lesson. Mm. It's good lessons or bad lessons. I'm just always learning and evolving. And that's, I, it's never going to end to the day I die. So with that being said, if I do mess up in something that I say, or I don't have something down factually i'm learning and then i go along with it i mean within a year i went from crying in the streets marching with black lives matter down in atlanta to being invited to the white house and shaking donald trump's hand like i'm willing to learn i'm willing to put myself out there and do what i have to do to make sure whatever i'm saying is factual and from that source of truth if i'm hearing something that i don't like blm saying i'm gonna go to blm Mm -hmm. If I'm hearing something that I'm like Trump saying, I'm going to go to Trump. I don't need a middleman. I don't need network news. I'm going to go to the source. So, I mean, that's that's the vibe I've always been on. Yeah. No, and I, I like where we're going here. You you know, you're talking about truth. You're talking about the importance of fact. You you know, you said in the midst of, the, of fear, facts are your friends. However, as we know, everybody right now, a lot of different news sources, a lot of different people are spitting out skewed facts, which, you know, is not really even a legitimate term because a fact is actually something that is true, but they're saying that things that they believe are facts but are not really facts, so they're leaving out information. And so with that being said, so many of us lack the extra work that needs to be done to really see more of the story because people can hide more of the story and just tell you one aspect of it and you believe that it's fact, but you, they don't have any context to the other parts of the story. So talk to us about what it 
can look like for us, what it needs to look like for us when we see something to not always just take it as face value, to not always just take it as fact, but have the kind of the the want to and the curiosity to actually gain more context on the situation rather than just taking it for face value. Yeah. the I mean, for me personally, the best way I don't take things for face value is always acknowledging the harm that was done. For example, I mean, our government. Love them. However, they have released some wild, wild documents. They have tried to cause harm to civilians. They have tested on Black people for vaccines. They have gone down to either Cuba or Puerto Rico to test birth control pills when they first came out and was making women barren. Like there are some crazy corrupt things that our government has done and some crazy good things. And that's not going to end. So when it comes to really navigating what's true and what's not, I'm always trying to be mindful of one, this government is as good as it is bad. Hmm. So two, what do I need to do? If they're saying A, I'm looking for B. If they're saying B, I'm looking for A and everything in between. And I'm taking a breather because right now in this land of social media, I don't understand how people are forming an opinion in 0.2 seconds. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. Um, you cannot allow yourself to be that ignorant. And I, I don't mean it in a rude way. Ignorant means a lack of knowledge. Like you, you, you do not allow yourself to be that ignorant and that deceived to allow your emotions to be controlled by your favorite influencer, the news, an institution. It's just not worth it. And all these places are where people lie. Mm-hmm. So the truth lies in yourself. You need to go out there and do the research yourself. And while I do try to provide that research for other people, I always urge them to fact check me too. So, yeah. So if somebody, we all have the situation where, you know, we follow, if somebody is more conservative leaning or, you know, outside of politics, if they believe one thing, they're going to follow a lot of people who believe that thing. And they're not going to follow a lot of people who believe the other thing. It's like in fitness and nutrition, right? If, If somebody is believes in the carnivore diet they're going to follow other people who believe in the carnivore diet if somebody is believes in plant-based diets and they're going to follow a lot of people and get a lot of ads and information on plant-based and and that they're going to have very different opinions when they see something and so this is again not just like a political or nutrition thing it's just like making sure that you don't think it's all this thing or all that thing what can we do to make sure that we don't subject ourselves to only one side of the equation. Always follow people that piss you off. <laughs> mm. uh, if you are very on one side of the political aisle, I need you to go right to the other side and follow those people too. Um, because what you'll find is you'll see the bias that everyone has a little bias. Like you'll, you'll see it and you'll see what the left left out of the story that the right is showing and what the right left out of the story and that the left is showing. Mm. When, you, when you're following all sides, you get to see a little bit of the truth in the middle, the gray. Um, the majority of us are right there in the middle. We're just trying to figure all of this out. And so I advise people to follow people of all sides. If you are big into, you know, the carnivore diet, um, follow some vegans. <laughs> yeah. If you are a vegan, follow some people in the carnivore diet. You'll find like, hmm, Maybe what they're they're not so crazy. It's just a matter of allowing your social media space the room to breathe new ideas. Because mm-hmm. this AI, it, it's what you make of it. 
like to a certain degree, it's only showing you what you're liking and what you're watching and what you're spending time on. Um, and it's going to keep feeding that and feeding that and feeding that. And it's going to create this echo chamber. It's going to trap you in and you cannot allow, again, you can't allow yourself and your emotions to be led by some AI out in Palo Alto. It's not worth it. Yeah, no, I, you're so right. And it's funny because I don't think I have ever intentionally done it as much as I did with nutrition. So like I, I had a goal at the beginning of the year to further my nutrition education. And I picked out nine different books that I read from the whole gamut of the opinions and viewpoints. And I actually did end up reading the carnivore diet and plant-based athlete back to back. And you can 100%. It's funny. And, and, and everywhere in between, you can see, okay, they're saying this, but they're completely leaving out this part of the story. They're saying this, they're completely leaving out this part of the story. But you actually do see where some of it overlaps. And it's, it's, it's pretty funny. And I think if people intentionally did that, you know, with, with one issue on Roe v. Wade, for example, to read one article that's completely one this way, and then right after it, read another article that's completely the other way and see what the other person is leaving out. And that'll make you a lot more educated about the topic as a, as a whole. For sure. For sure. Um, I couldn't agree more, especially like you said, the tough topics like Roe v. Wade, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. You know, that's a topic that really pushed me down this aisle of um, speaking out even more because I was heavily on Twitter um, and very, you know, just like just in general left-leaning at the time. And I was under the presumption that easy five to 10,000 Black people were shot by cops a year just by how popular BLM was, by how often I was seeing police brutality, by how much I was being told that my life is is worth less in America and still in 2022. And I went straight to the source and reading data and I kept hearing this talking point that, you know, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than shot by a cop. And it was making, it was pissing me off. It was making me mad because um, it made me feel like my trauma is invalidated, that my anxiety is not real. And I look up the statistics and I mean, yeah, more people get struck by lightning in the United States than black unarmed men get shot. So when I looked at that, I was like, wow, what what are people spinning? Not saying that it's not an issue to not look at. Right. But at the same token, what's being spun towards me and how am I making money for someone else through ad clicks, through being reactionary, through sharing, through posting? What's actually happening out there in the news cycle that's making people angry and fight for causes that they're really not probably too informed on? Yeah. No, I think what you said there, honestly, is really important. Not that it's a topic not worth discussing or not worth trying to fix to a degree, right? But that's not the only thing at hand. The thing is at hand is is how you are emotionally responding to what it is that you're digesting and, and then how that adjust the actions that you take and the words that you say to other people and things like that. And so right. I think one of the biggest things is, is people need to realize, you know, you mentioned a few things, the Roe v. Wade, the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. You don't have to pick a side. Like the idea is you don't have to pick a side. Hello. You can. So what is it, what is it actually going to take for people to realize that? Because I think we are so, I think that's a, our, our human nature. We want to be on a team. We, we feel like we need to identify with a group because we need to more easily know what our opinions are. 
So how can we, can we take on the ownership and the responsibility of ourselves and being okay with not being on a side? It's hard. Um, yeah. It's a lot of what people that leave comments on my social media, like, okay, Amir, well, um, for example, if you don't pick a side about a, a grubby weight, then, you know, you're completely on the other side and you don't care about human life and we can't be friends. It's like, how about I just take a pause and look at the man in the mirror and focus on what's going on in my own household first? I think we all should be doing that anyways, is looking inside and saying, hmm, before I go to the town square and argue about what's happening there, how about I worry about how I'm getting a little bit overweight? How about I worry about my diet? How about I worry about my bill that I'm not being, that's not being paid? Where people need to take time to just pause and look within. And so in regards to people understanding that they don't have to take a side, it's hard. Do know that. It's hard to just put things on pause and focus on yourself, but it can be done. And the quicker we all do that, the quicker we'll realize about these issues that they can all be solved. We all just sat down and talk instead of just yelling and immediately jumping and really focusing on the point that me not picking a side doesn't mean that I don't care. Mm. That's not true. Me not picking a side more likely means I'm focusing on my life like taking a more, I guess, libertarian approach, but I'm just focusing on me just because a big one I got pushed back on was um, the Uvalde school shooting. And that happened and I saw everyone posting on their stories and obviously rest in peace to everyone. But again, with my social media, I try to show people a, a different side of why, for example, why some people weren't so reactionary to this shooting. And what you'll find is that there have been over 400 kids shot in Chicago and you never hear about it. Mm -hmm. But the second a suburban school shot up, it's world news, shut it down and they immediately go to gun laws. Yeah. And so I was trying to show people about it, like, hey, for one, some people aren't taking a side because they're wanting to slow down and process everything that's going on at hand. One. Two, people aren't picking a side because they don't want to be vocal in what side they're picking on because they know they're going to be used for clickbait and ad revenue. Mm. It's just overall, it's really hard, especially in this day and age with social media, to not pick a side, but it can be done. And I urge people to do it and just, if in anything, show your, tell your family or friends that me not picking a side doesn't mean I don't care. Yeah. No, and, and I think it's, you know, not picking a side because. You want to get down to maybe really what happened, but then you also just need to see the how this is being used in a larger landscape in the larger context of things. And so, there, uh, yeah, I think just people need to be not so quick to feel like they have to jump to a side just because everybody else is. So I, think that's, I think that's really key. One of the things I want to talk to you about just a little bit here is how great you are at giving back. One of the things that I say to get closer to the best version of yourself, the best for, I say the best version of yourself is the version of you who is most competent and reciprocal. The version of you who can, has the most competence in different areas of your life and you can solve a lot of problems. You have a lot of skills. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of experience, but you don't just use that for your own good. You, you serve it and, and 
lift other people up with the competence that you have. And I think that's one of the things that you do so well, both in like answering a lot of people on social media who are asking you different questions, but then, you know, you do fundraisers and give away cash money to Waffle House servers and stuff. And I just think that's so cool. And one of the things that I've been curious is if the two things that we want to be that I, that I've kind of laid out to get closer to the best version of yourself is competent and reciprocal. A lot of people, to a certain extent, know how to gain competence. Knowing how to build more knowledge, how to build more skills and build more experience is somewhat laid out there for you. But I've thought about, okay, what does it actually look like to become more reciprocal, to become somebody who has a higher degree of character to want to actually use their competence for the good of others? We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. My name is Kelly, and I joined because I wanted to get some more fitness goals. So far, so good. I've lost weight, but I'm also running faster, jumping higher, all those good things. My favorite part so far is just meeting new people and who enjoy similar fitness things as I do. You should join the next 10-week program. And so... I guess my question to you is, how do you think if somebody right now is not the type of person who gives back a ton, not because they're a bad person, but maybe because they just don't think about it, how can somebody begin to prioritize that and, and think of that more often, I guess? I'd say start small. Yeah. You know, if, if that's some, something, like you said, it's a great point. Not that you're a bad person. <laughs> is it that something you just haven't done? Start small and do things that you like be done to you. Very simple as if you're walking down the street and you see a shirt you like, tell that person you like their shirt. If you <clears throat> see some guy and he has some cool sneakers, tell him you like your sneakers. If you're in the grocery store and you see some flowers on sale, buy the flowers and drop it off to your local elementary school receptionist. <clears throat> if you just think of those random small things. And that's what I did in high in college. And sometimes people say to me, you're weird. Like, why are you going to strangers and giving them stuff? And it's like, since when is it weird to give someone flowers? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, that's what's weird about our society. Yeah. Is that it's weird for someone to go out there and just do a random act of kindness. I think starting small, um, understanding you don't have to go super big and elaborate, but literally just a day-in-day interaction and setting small goals. Saying, hey, when you wake up, I'm going to compliment five people today. I don't know how. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Uh, I think so. Starting small. Yeah, no, I, I like that, and I think you know, do do what you would like somebody else to do to you, and then somebody probably will do it to you. You know, a week or two down the road, a month down the road, right? Definitely, they totally yeah. will. And I'm so uncomfortable with receiving and receiving yeah. stuff. But I mean, when I when it does happen, it makes me happy because like, oh wow, someone thought about me, and who does not being thought of? So, yeah. Question: I This mean, is something but, that I I've actually talked about with my girlfriend before I'm, I'm like you, I don't, I don't like receiving things very much. I don't like receiving compliments very much either. And I, I'm not, I don't know exactly how to respond sometimes when people give, give compliments. I love your podcast. Why, why do you think, why do, say that again? 
I love your podcast. Uh, thanks, bro. <laughs> See, I'm now I'm awkward. But what what do you think? I think to a certain extent we need to improve on that, right? Like I think right, it's important to be good at receiving as well, not in like an egotistical way, but to make the other person feel like what they did was you know, very meaningful and you want them to, to actually, you want to say thank you and stuff like that. How can we be better at receiving compliments and or, you know, acts of service and gifts? That's the perfect example what you just gave is, is if you are uncomfortable with it, focus on what it's doing for the other person. Mm. So instead of being a little selfish about it, saying if, if someone's telling me, oh, hey, me, I really love your Instagram instead of me going, oh, and I'm going to be awkward or I hate compliments, I'm going to switch perspective and saying, this guy has the courage to reach out to me and tell me and express his emotions. We all know expressing emotions, small or big, is not easy for some people to do. Yeah. So let's acknowledge that they're expressing their emotions and validate that. Because it's not like they're talking crap. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like acknowledge what they're expressing and take that in and then just say thank you and go with it. Because it's not an easy thing to do for anyone to really express yourself and express your emotions like that and being vulnerable. So just appreciating someone else being vulnerable, at least that's enough for me to sit back and kind of suppress my own quirks about not really liking compliments and just accepting it. Yeah, no, I think that's good. That Already I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I definitely need to channel the energy in, in that particular manner. So, you know, you talked, you, we talked earlier about how you get a lot of maybe negative comments and, and, and stuff on uh, on some of your stuff. Obviously, I've, it's probably much more positive than negative. And you talked about how one of the things that makes it go over your head and not really care about it is because you know it's factual and you do it with the best intent. Now, I want you to talk a little bit about kind of the balance, how sometimes there is feedback that we need to actually look at listen to, evaluate if there's any sort of validity there. Or sometimes it's like, that has no validity. I don't need to take that in. I don't need to let the let that get the best of my emotional and mental state. Talk to us a little bit about how can we decipher between the two as something, as feedback that potentially could be valid and we need to look at and we need to ask ourselves about. Or it's like, that is, let's ignore it. Uh for me personally, when I I ignore the rude stuff comments, I ignore the people that are talking crap. What I really take in and try to grab lessons from is the really, really constructive feedback. If you're giving me constructive feedback, mm. I know it's coming from like you have high intent. Your intent is not to hurt my feelings or garner reaction out of me. Your intent is to help me because you actually do care and like my content. So if someone's like, hey, Mary, I've been following you for a long time, but your last post really bothered me because of X, Y, Z. My first step is one, I appreciate them reaching out. Two, again, looking at all sides here, is it personal to them or is it actual good feedback? Mm. And then three, you know, deciding if it's, if it's personal to them, it has nothing really to apply for me to learn and grow, then I mean, just shrug. Or if it's actual, like applicable, then make the changes necessary. Mm. But I would say that's the next step is take that constructive feedback, but then do another sanity check. And are they quote unquote triggered? Are they, though it was very nice, are they only offended 
because it hit close to home for them mm. and they're not coping with it in their own selves or is it actually like you know fair feedback and that's yeah. something that people should work through as well oh that's good that's good i mean for me i wrote down you ignore the rude and you maybe look at the constructive feedback and to me like you said the difference between the those two is the level of intent that the person brought the person who's rude has a pretty low level bad intent the person who might provide constructive feedback actually might be seeking out further truth and might actually be providing something worth looking at. And then, like you said, seeing, looking at it, it's like, does this actually apply to the overall situation and, and me, or is it just kind of just solely their issue? And I think that's a really great way to kind of like step-by-step step take a look at it. Now, one of the things before, before I let you go here to talk about, I know that you recently left the job that you had been doing for how many years? Eight. Eight? And, okay. Eight years. And you're doing doing your own thing now. Talk to us a little bit, mainly about kind of the decision from a personal mental state. Like, what what did it take for you to make that decision and have the courage to go out on your own and and pursue what you're not pursuing? I mean, I was so nervous and terrified, but. Two things. One, understanding that by being stagnant, you're not going to get anywhere. No, no one's successful without risk. Like you just that 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 doesn't exist. You can't be successful without taking risk. So I knew I had that in my back pocket, and things are pretty planned out. You know, obviously safety nets, and you know, planning it smartly, and you know, being passionate about what I'm building with my team, and understanding that it's going to be a huge business and feeling that and believing that, that the passion, the safety net, and the leap of faith was enough for me to feel comfortable just doing it. And when I say leap of faith, I'm just referring to, you know, the sentiment that you can't become successful without taking risk. So I had to yeah. just jump and do it. Mm, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Congrats on, on having that leap of faith to do that. That's awesome. Um, well, want to get down to the last question, but before I ask the last question, Amir, I want to acknowledge you, one, for like the last thing, just making that leap of faith on yourself and really believing in your ability to make what you want to have happen, happen. Um, but then I also want to acknowledge for acknowledge you for all the work that you've kind of done on yourself with really doing the hard work of getting down to the root of a lot of situations and doing the hard work of looking at the entire picture, the entire landscape, the entire context, when most of us don't do the hard work, most of us see something, believe it is true, and take that on as our own thought or our own opinion when it's really just one minute fraction of the entire story. Um, and so I acknowledge you for being able to take a look at the larger landscape, take a look at the larger context, and then help other people do that as well so that they're not going through life misinformed and ignorant thank you uh yes. i try it it's, it's yes. a lot um it's a big task but you know as you see with this current setup got more plans and um scaling it out because it's working um, let's go baby it's, it's motivating more people to do the same thing so i'm very happy about happy about it damn right i love it i love it well you guys need to make sure you go follow 
Amir on Instagram if you don't already at Amir X Odom A M I R X O D O M. Uh, and what where, where other should people where else should people go learn more about you and and everything like that? Uh, AmirOdom.com. That'll be yeah. that'll be up and you know ramped up. You can find more information about me there. But yeah, AmirOdom.com, my Instagram, and yeah, everything else will be being built out. I'm really excited for it all. Do you care to share with with us at all what it is that you're kind of working on next? Oh, of course, yes. So, twofold, the company that I'm building, it's called Contrast, and it's a debit card that gives you cash back for supporting American businesses. So, you shop local, you shop with companies that make items in America, and you get rewarded for it. That's one. Another is really ramping up social media. It was just a lot of info, infographics, but now I'll be branching out to YouTube, Twitch streaming. I'll have a Patreon, the whole nine, uh, just because I want to have a lot more time to do so. But three, again, like my ancestors, like I, they went through hell and back. And I am my ancestors' dream. And in 2022, there's nothing stopping me as a black man to doing and achieving whatever I want to do. So I need to capitalize on that because my granddaddy didn't have that opportunity, but now I do. So I need to use this voice and use it loud and proud. Um, and as humble as I am, I do, you know, accept and appreciate that it is received and it does spread around. So I need to reach a broader audience. So you can follow yeah. it for me, Amir Odom on YouTube and more content will be there as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, you feel like, you to a cer- certain extent maybe like owe it to your ancestors to yeah take adv- every opportunity you have and, and that's really all of us obviously like not all of us come from that same background but right. to a certain extent we're all better off than our grandparents were tenfold uh, you know so it's like we all kind of owe it to the people that came before us who left it better off now we need to leave it better off for the people that come after after us as well um, but last question here Amir, is that I think getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I don't think we ever get uh, to that best version, but I also and I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So right. for the last question, it's personal to you. If there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best Amir Odom that you could possibly be, mm-hmm. and what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Being more consistent. Let's be more consistent with my working out and my meal prepping and eating well, taking more leaps of faith. So not only Mm. creating this business, but actually getting started on this content and actually, you know, creating something with it. And three, it's personally just, it's just actually, and I'm taking care of that. Being mindful of um, your loved ones and your family and your friends, because for me, as of late, with leaving the business and influencing my iMessage has completely just blown up. I mean, even with you and I, I have just missed texts nonstop. So I actually just bought a, a personal phone so I can disconnect from influencing and work and just be able to connect more. Cause I, that's the lesson I'm learning now is I, I realize that there are some people who are feeling left out or to the wayside and, I never want that to happen, so I'm taking care of that. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's super cool. Good for you. Well, that was awesome. You guys make sure you go follow Amir on Instagram at Amir X Odom for seeing the content that he currently puts out and then all the great content that he will continue to put out in the future that he just talked about and then on YouTube as well. And I just encourage all of you guys to not take things at face value. Don't feel like you have to take a side. Make sure you take a step back. Take a look at the larger landscape of things, how things are being potentially manipulated or used. And if you're not necessarily willing to do as much work yourself, let Amir do the work for you and, <laughs> and follow him. Appreciate uh, other than that, brother. that was great, Amir. Appreciate all your time, man. Thank you so much. Man, that episode with Amir was so, so great. I truly believe that one of the things that can tear people apart and causes so much polarity in our society is the fact that very few of us do the hard work of digging deeper into controversial topics. We hear some something that one person says, a person with a specific polarizing opinion with specific motives, and then we take it as fact when there's really a lot more to the situation that is worth informing ourselves of. Be sure you share this podcast with a friend or family member because being willing to listen, research, and learn is something that we all need to improve on. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. For now, be willing to allow your social media to breathe new ideas. Be willing to listen to the opinions of others to get both sides of the situation. And remember that you can only be so successful if you don't take risks. Risk-taking can be the catalyst to exponential growth. For now, it's time. It's time to be curious, to inform yourself, and to learn how to respond to negative feedback so that you can continue to get closer and closer to your best you. You.